powerful collaborations, cutting-edge science, and curious minds coming together for a glimpse of the future. Stay tuned as we look at the latest updates on some of the most promising technology projects. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Peter Ballant from Technicon. Today, we take another look at the Serena project. Our communication needs in the not-so-distant future will dictate faster data speeds and much higher bandwidth than ever before. 5G is definitely a solution to deliver faster, higher quality video and multimedia content services, but there is still quite a bit of work to be done. We will see new, smarter, and more efficient antennas delivering these signals. And this is where the Serena project comes in. Partners in Serena are looking at using gallium nitride alongside traditional silicone to enable beam steering antennas. Their goal is to develop an architecture which is small and cost-efficient with robust thermal management schemes. Today we speak with Christian Fager, a professor from project partner Chalmers University of Technology in Sweden. Welcome, Christian. Thank you. Let's start at the beginning, the need for Serena. And I will preface my first question by saying that Serena is about active antennas for millimeter wave communications and sensor systems. This means that Serena is contributing to building the infrastructure for 5G. But tell us a little bit about the need here. I mean, how important is millimeter wave or very high frequency for 5G communications? And why won't today's technology work for tomorrow's solutions? Like that's a very good question. And, and, and it's a question many people ask, actually. Why do we need to have new bands or millimeter wave bands? What is the benefit of that? And there are many answers to, to that question. And, and the most straightforward answer is that uh, at the millimeter wave frequencies, we have bandwidth, or they're not used so much for commercial applications as the low frequencies are. So there are chunks of bandwidth available for communication. Getting high capacity is about having bandwidth available. And at millimeter wave frequencies, we do have more bandwidth available for our use. Well, that's one aspect of it. And uh, it doesn't mean that millimeter waves will replace the lower frequencies for communication. Actually, there's a lot of things to do also at lower frequencies. And that is something we should not forget when we talk about 5G. But as an important complement to boost the capacity, millimeter wave frequencies and, and the wide bandwidths available there uh, will contribute to improve capacity and throughput when needed and in areas where high capacity is needed. So it should be seen as a complement uh, and a capacity boost to incorporate millimeter waves in future 5G systems. Okay, so these lower frequencies, these aren't going anywhere. The, um, the millimeter wave, for example, is sort of a boost for the existing infrastructure. Well, there are lots of things that could be done and will be done in 5G also at lower frequencies. But millimeter wave frequencies has the inevitable advantage that we do have more bandwidth available. I mean, it's already very pushed uh, to the limits what you can do at low frequencies. At high frequencies, millimeter wave bands, we do have higher uh, bandwidth available and wide bandwidth means higher capacity. So it is uh, really opening up for new possibilities for high, increasing the capacity, which cannot be obtained if we only stay at the lower frequency bands. I see. So when we talk about millimeter wave communications, uh, we talk about 
antennas that require a lot of electronics in a small space. And of course, this configuration generates heat. But we talked offline and you said you're not working to reduce or manage heat. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, uh, it is true. I mean, uh, millimeter waves, uh, even in the name, it says millimeter wave. So it's about the waves uh, having a wavelength on the order of millimeters. And in uh, in antenna systems, and in particular active antenna systems, which or electron electronically steerable antennas that will be used uh, in millimeter wave bands, the separation between antennas is in the order of wavelengths. That is, we talk about millimeters between the antenna elements. Uh, and an antenna is not making up a system, and you need to connect electronics behind each antenna. So. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, having lots of electronics behind each antenna uh, in uh, separated only by millimeters apart is really uh, creating huge challenges when it comes to not only the density itself, but also the heat that it produces. Uh, and the heat, I should say, is caused by the fact that the electronics are not 100% efficient. They're not efficient at lower frequencies either, but at the millimeter waves, the efficiency of electronics, uh, in particular the millimeter wave radio frequency electronics, uh, is really much lower than at the lower frequencies. So not only are the electronics more densely packed, they're also less efficient and therefore dissipate more heat. So uh, heat dissipation in electronics is really a big challenge in realizing or in exploring millimeter wave bands for communication and sensing. And that's really where much of the challenges are uh, and we're very much in the heart of the Serena project. Okay, let's go back a second. You mentioned something which I think our listeners might find rather interesting, um, steerable antenna. I mean, can you, in a few sentences, explain what that means? Because most people think of an antenna as a fixed piece of equipment. Yes, I mean... Um, when we talk about antennas at the millimeter waves, and, and it's actually the same at, at lower frequencies, traditionally antennas for base stations or communication have been fixed. And you might, you might have seen parabolic antennas on the rooftops, or you may have seen bars of antennas on base stations. The, the problem is that to improve the energy efficiency and also the capacity, we're not interested in just radiating signals blindly in the air. We want to direct the the energy that we uh, or the signals and the communication to where the users are. So uh, if we could direct the beams or the energy radiated from the antenna to track the locations of the users, not only can we improve the uh, capacity, uh, but we can also reduce the energy consumption because the energy that we transmit is going just where we need it to be. So uh, how do we do such steerable antennas? Uh, it is not, uh, of course, possible to imagine that you mechanically move the antenna to follow the users. So we need to look for electronic uh, ways of doing it. And uh, a solution that has been around for quite uh, many years, actually, is to use active antennas, which means that a single antenna element is replaced by an array of individually control antenna elements. So by controlling the phase delay uh, and the amplitude of those antennas, 
of the signal being radiated from those antennas, effectively we can generate the equivalent of a larger antenna, uh, but with direct, uh, but with properties that could be steered electronically. So we can electronically steer the beam of the antenna to where the users are by having an antenna, an array of antennas with phase shifters and amplitude control. And that's the what is called an active antenna array. And this is also what has been used as a basis for for the research in Serena. Huh, so no moving parts and a very focused antenna beam. In, indeed, and uh, maybe I can compliment also to say that in the basic form, we have one beam generated in this way using phase shifters. Of course, if you want, there could actually be more than one beam generated from an array, and that would then be called hybrid beam forming arrays or multi, well, uh, eventually MIMO systems. But uh, the basic form is the phased array where phase shifters are needed and where uh, the beam is electronically steered by adjusting the phases of the signals being transmitted. Okay, yeah, makes sense. I'm wondering, what sort of things have you been able to uh, produce or make or test? Yeah, so the Serena product is about realizing, well, in the context of active antenna systems for millimeter wave frequencies, we face a number of challenges. Uh, I talked about the heat dissipation, but another challenge is the the fact that the output power is not high enough quite often. Yeah. So uh, uh, in the Serena project, we addressed that problem by not using one single semiconductor technology, but a combination of semiconductor technologies. We use low power uh, silicon based or silicon germanium based electronics to generate the signals and do the phase shifting, etc. All the signal generation that is needed to realize the active antenna array. But the problem is that the output power from silicon uh, devices is not sufficient. Uh, we we want to generate more output power, and that's why it's interesting to combine silicon uh, devices with galvanonitride technology. Galvanonitride is an emerging semiconductor technology that offers higher output power, but also higher efficiency than silicon. So the combination of silicon and uh, galvanonitride is really what we're looking for. Uh, and that, if we could do that, uh, which is the target of the Serena project, then we can get higher output power, a further reach, and also higher capacity of the system. Well, so the challenge now, and that's really the core of the Serena project, is how to to integrate those components. How do we integrate silicon devices, galvanonitride devices, and also antennas within the millimeter wave distances that are dictated by the wavelength? So uh, in the Serena project, we are uh, the different partners contribute with different aspects of that. For example, Infineon contribute with low power silicon chips. Mm -hmm. Omic are working on uh, galvanonitride electronics the chips for high power signal generation. Fraunhofer ISM is uh, working with packaging and uh, have their own proprietary way of integrating uh, those chips and interconnecting them and also putting antenna on top. So all those parts have been realized in this Rena project. Low power chips, high power GAN uh, transmitters and a packaging module by Fraunhofer. So 
in terms of hardware, these are the components that have been realized. And, and I should say that the composite package that has been produced with all those components has to be put in the context of a communication system. So Ericsson and the Fraunhofer have uh, developed boards to generate or emulate the communication uh, link using the modules developed by, uh, by ISM and um, Infineon and Omic. So what is the role of Chalmers? Well, our role is to look at the effects uh, or to look at what happens when we try to build a high power density transmitter module. What is the effect of the heat concentration? How does that impair those heating effects and the mechanical properties and the electrical aspects? How do they come together? And how, what is the implications on the communication performance when we integrate things so, so hard? So our task is about the modeling and prediction of how things work together. That's uh, our role. So there you can see how the different partners of the project collaborate about various aspects in, in this project. Yeah, and that's a really great overview of the consortium and some of your industrial partners. Thanks for that. Yeah. And I should say that uh, here I talk about communication. We also mentioned sensing. Uh, so I think another important part of the project is using the same modules also to look for higher frequencies and uh, radar applications, because it turns out that the same exactly the same challenges and requirements are also needed in future sensor systems. And, and I think that's also an important part of the project where FOI and others are contributing, just to get that clear. And, and when we talk about the tangible parts or the things that have come out so far, it kind of makes me wonder, speaking realistically, when would one expect to see results from Serena as a viable commercial solution? Yeah, that's... Uh... Of course, very difficult to answer directly or uh, exactly, but uh, I think that the need for a high, for increased output power in in uh, particular 5G millimeter wave communication applications is is really uh, important, and there's a strong commercial drive from from operators to to telecom operators to read further with their base stations and also to improve the capacity of the communication system as a whole uh, in the offering that, for example, Ericsson and others do. So uh, I think that if, if uh, things go as we predict from the project here, that we successfully managed to integrate now at the end of the project or just after, to integrate those electronics into a module, uh, then I would say in the order of maybe two to three years after the end of the project, that's where I think uh, commercial exploration of or this the exploration of these results in in products could be seen. It's actually quicker than what I anticipated, but yeah, I mean it's this is my for my estimate, but I mean this is a commercial driven thing, so it's very difficult to know what happens. But uh, if uh, realistically, I think that could still be in that time span, around three years or so. And, you know, I'm curious too, with the project, many times there are challenges that come up that are maybe unforeseen or unexpected. Was there anything like that in Serena? Uh, indeed. I mean, uh, there are all parts, even though the partners are extremely qualified on, on their separate parts. I mean, the, the chips, the individual chips, uh, for example, electronics, uh, they are not the main challenge. I would say, or the 
the uh, packaging per se, but the challenge comes when putting it all together. And I think what we have seen is, of course, the challenges of dealing with the heat dissipation, where, as we already touched upon, there are even simple things that can become complicated. For example, how pads on one chip should interface the package, um, which has not been tried before. Even uh, uh, all those small steps that have to be evaluated take time. Or even the system board, how, how do we place this module on, on, a, on a PCB board? And how do we make the cooling and the interfaces to, to existing test beds? All those tiny parts will all uh, or all engineering challenges that have to be addressed in in reaching the goals of the project. But I think that uh, uh, looking back and also considering the challenges that the COVID situation has, has put when it comes to lab access, etc., I think we can be very proud of where we are in the project now, seeing that all parts are being available and we are really approaching uh, by the end of the project, a uh, situation where the things can be put together and, and finally evaluated in a communication experiment. But I, I think there have been many small challenges that have been uh, necessary to address in the project. Uh, so I think that, as usual, this is the problem. Yeah. The challenge comes when you try to put things together that work one by itself. Well, the challenges are always there, but having an effective consortium like you do really helps to address them rapidly and efficiently. Thanks for sharing your views of Serena today. This project certainly is paving the way for a 5G world, and we look forward to the results. Uh, thank you very much for arranging this interview. I think it has been very good to have the opportunity to, to share a little bit of my thoughts on the developments and, and the challenges in, in this exciting research area. Happy to do it. For more information about Serena, go to serena-h2020.eu. The Serena Project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Program under grant agreement number 779305.